You're listening to The New Paris. Some 23 million travelers from around the world descended on Paris last year. And if they're like locals, they know there's more than one way to get around the city. The public transportation system is first rate, and the bike share program, Vélib, has inspired the programs in cities around the world. But it is by foot that Paris is best experienced. Today's guest, Jessie Kenelos Weiner, would certainly agree. She is the co-author and illustrator of the new book, Paris in Stride, which offers clever walking tours of the city and beautiful, obviously, beautiful ins- illustrations. Jessie, very glad to have you here. Thanks for coming in on a Monday night. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Um, can you give, give, give people a little bit of background on your work? Um, because you're, you're an illustrator in Paris, but you've, you've done a bunch of other things and you've just become French. Congratulations. Thank so, you. you know, there's, there's, there's a lot you've been up to. So before Paris in Stride, what have you been doing? So in a nutshell, <laughs> I moved to Paris almost 10 years ago. So it's a very celebratory moment in my life in France, I would say, getting nationality. And uh, I just graduated from college, uh, school in central Ohio. And I was in central Ohio for four years. So I really wanted to move to a big city. And I studied theater and art. And Paris was always on my radar as a place that I wanted to go. So as many Americans do, I had student loans, crippling student loans. And I had a year before (laughs) I had to pay them back. So I felt like this is the moment I have to travel. I have to learn another language. It's it was totally a Audrey Hepburn kind of fantasy, but I'm glad I, <laughs> I'm I glad that. I followed suit. <laughs> so I found a no pair job and I moved probably two weeks later. Wow, that's super fast. I didn't even mm-hmm. think. I thought nothing happened quickly. Well, when I got here, it didn't happen quickly. Right, right. But, okay. Yeah. It was just the getting over part yes, that went exactly. quickly. So you initially started through that, but you had a creative fiber inside you, obviously. That's why you, you've pursued these kinds of activities. So how did that come about from there? Uh, I'd say I grew up in a pretty creative, artistic home. My parents um, work for a ministry now, but my dad plays guitar. He's had you know a song on NPR. My mom was an art teacher before they started doing what they're doing now. So I feel like it was always a household where either of my parents would disappear at any point of the day to focus on you know a creative project, or my dad would play guitar, or read books. And so I feel like that would move me to discover what it was that I did. So I started cooking at a young age, uh, making lots of making books. I found some recent cookbook or really old cookbooks that I wrote when I was maybe five or six years old, which are wow. very serendipitous. So um, I've just always loved making things. I feel like that's how I found my independence. That's how I was able to start a, a project from beginning to end. So I always knew I wanted to be an artist or an astronaut, but that didn't work out. So <laughs> um, little by little, I just was always open to figuring out what that was. So it's uh, been a long journey, but I feel like in my core, I always knew that I was an artist in, in some way. And you've done books for French publishers. You yes. also had a coloring, an adult coloring book that came out last year uh, in the U.S., yes. which was, I mean, super smart, another way to learn what's actually in season. Mm-hmm. So it was a food-based coloring book. Yes. Edible so, Paradise. Edible, record, para- yes. edible Paradise. Um, this is obviously a big jump, this book. Um, but before we get to that, because that obviously is going to be, um, you know, that's, that's the most timely topic for you, of course. I kind of want to know more about that artist life. Um, Paris can be endlessly inspiring, as we've seen with writers that have come in and out of, of the city over, over centuries. Um, filmmakers, painters, illustrators, all sorts of, of, of different facets of artistic life. But 
how is it actually for you living and working as an artist in the city? You know, it's a good question. Um, it's very, I feel like in France, you can be a professional artist and there is kind of a common dialogue between everyone at all times where you can talk about, you know, the latest film, if it's a, a cult film or if it's, you know, more of a Avengers type film. So there is kind of a cultural literacy in, in France. So that that is, I feel like artists are respected in some ways as well. Um, people kind of know artists too. So there's less of a stigma. Usually when I go back to the Midwest, uh, my relatives say like, hey, I like your art. <laughs> Oh, and that's all that they can say about it, which is fine. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not always easy to talk about. But here, you know, people are interested and they understand and they're into knowing more about it. But, um, you know, it's it's challenging. It's um, it's expensive. I mean, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you have to start your own business. And uh, there are lots of bureaucratic obstacles, uh, like in any profession in France, too. So uh, I, I'm lucky my husband's a photographer and an artist, so he's been able to to extend his information to me yeah, and, huge, yeah. and help me a lot in, in, you know, figuring out the best way to, to do my work and how to market myself. And you've also done styling as well. So how do you, you know, what, what does your artistry look like on a day-to-day -day basis or really does it depend? It really depends. I've, I've, uh, done much less styling the past year because illustration has taken off. And at the end of the day, it's something that I find much more reward in because I'm independent. I can just sit down and, and do my work. But before I was a food stylist, so it's a lot of gathering of objects from all ends of, of Paris. And so there was a moment where I was very physically exhausting. So I wanted to concentrate on illustration more. So any day, I mean, I'm, I have a studio in Montreux, which is kind of like the Brooklyn of Paris, they say, but <laughs> it's not true. Um, so I usually go there from like nine thirty, ten 10 in the morning until about six at night. Sometimes I have appointments, usually work later than six, but it depends on the day. So, I mean, I'm working on like 10,000 things at the same time. Well, so. what I love about what you do, and that's also the beauty of, of the kind of art that you do is that you're so reactive. So when something happens in the media, that's like, you know, the next pop culture phenomenon or something political happens, you know, you come out on Instagram and you have something that you've just created that is your own commentary on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super special. And obviously people really react to, to that as a, it, I guess it, it shines in a different way than other types of messages. You know, people yeah. tend to recycle the same kinds of images and, and here you are coming out with something that's you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's a great thing about Instagram. Uh, love it or hate it. I feel like it is that catalyst where if I have an idea, if I feel inspired, I usually put together like half an hour, an hour to really create an, an image that's totally, uh, gestural or impulsive. Um, I do a lot of commissions too, so it's nice just to be able to do something for me too and to share that. So it's actually been sort of like a second portfolio for you in a way as a platform. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But I agree with you that has its its ups and its downs and its its uh, negative aspects, certainly yeah. to the creative life. It's, for sure. It can be a huge distraction. For sure. You have to stay true to yourself too. I feel like I've always tried to... Already I do a medium that's not photography, but really just responding to things in your life and looking around you and sharing just a, a piece of who you are mm -hmm. in a guard, guarded way. But yeah, of course you can't always give away everything, you know, people, you just give, give just a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but so a little bit or a lot of you is actually in this new book, obviously. Um, and, and what I find so interesting about this genre, because you and I both are operating in this same world, which is Paris and Paris is, you know, dense and it's so beloved and you know the trick is how do you get seen in this market well you've definitely found a way so how did you go about making sure the project filled a gap and then why do you think that illustration uh lent itself so well 
to the idea of strolling. So I had an appointment with my publishing house, Rizzoli, two years ago when my first book came out. And um, I met the big boss, and he said there are three genres of books that always sell well. There's Tuscany, there's Cats, and there's Paris. So Cats! <laughs> Maybe that's my next idea. Yeah, or Tuscany, <laughs> yeah, the new Tuscany. <laughs> so... Uh, I pretty much had carte blanche to do whatever I wanted to do on Paris, something about Paris, something that was illustrated. So it was quite the task, but, um, little by little, it just took a lot of time to figure out, okay, what's my Paris? I'm not, you know, into peonies and macaroons so much anymore. (laughs) So, um, trying to find like a point of view, something that fits the market. And the idea was that it would be pragmatic and beautiful. So creating a timeless object, capturing the timeless parts of Paris that draw people back time and time again. So that was the general framework. And then through time, it just came together. And what was that process like for you actually creating this? I mean, did you already have in mind, okay, these are the, these are sort of the itineraries that I would take myself? Did it involve getting out there and researching a little bit deeper? I mean, because I think we take, take for granted how much we actually do know already. But then when you have to put it on paper you know, we have to then remember, okay, what kinds of questions might people ask if they're, if they're using the book? So what was that process like? I really was thinking about, yeah, walks that I do, you know, on a Saturday afternoon when I have time or certain areas where the, the path really is seeing lots of different things along the way. So cultural highlights, architectural marvels, uh, eateries, you know, there's some sentimental stuff in there too. I mean, you've lived here for a long time, so you know, you know, the, the first restaurant where your husband took you or, you know, those kinds of things that are really make Paris what it is for me personally. So I worked with my co-author Sarah Moroz and we, we did a bunch of walks and then we mapped out exactly what was interesting and then what was actually a, a real path that people can follow as well. So it really is a jumping off point to understanding the city and taking the time to stroll and discover. And I think the illustration adds an element of that too, really cueing yourself into looking at things and details. And it's not an exact representation of what you'll see along the way. It's really just capturing of course. these little tidbits and little details. But it, but I, I'm, I'm sure that taking illustration and incorporating cartography with it is quite a challenge. Um, I know we, we, you helped me out when, when my book came out with a, with a map of new Paris highlights. And I, I know it's like a tricky thing to, then you, you know, you think it's going to be super easy, but it's not. Were, were there any other challenges you came across as you were illustrating? I mean, Paris is all details at the end of the day. So it's, yeah, all those Hosmanian buildings, it's all details on details. So it was um, a whole new breadth of work, I'd say, and uh, really understanding space and scale. And then there are seven detailed maps as well, which mm-hmm. I'd never done maps before. So that was a big learning curve and really breaking it down and thinking, is this usable? <laughs> At the end of the day, it has to be beautiful and more so usable than anything else. So, But the size of the book also is really helpful. I mean, you really are bridging not only the gap in content, but certainly formats as well. So I, I, I am sure we're going to see people bringing this along with them. Uh, and also it's a softbacks, but it's a, it's a with beautiful quality paper and, you know, it's just something you want to be seen with. So is this exactly how you envisioned it? You know, is this your, um, I mean, your, your page after page of your illustrations, I mean, that must feel pretty extraordinary. It's great. I mean, the first book was wonderful, but it was, you know, coloring books that was definitely a trend that's had its end. And uh, people have such an inherent response to Paris, too. I'm sure you saw it on your book tour. I mean, you just mentioned Paris and people just lose their minds. They do. It's a little bit funny. And then to show my work, too, I've never done um, a a book about Paris and uh, creating this new work that's a new 
I do a lot of food and lifestyle illustration. So to have a whole new project to show is really very rewarding. And it's just, it's a special moment. And you should live it up, obviously, because this is, this is a a really special time. Um, I don't think you will disagree with me that Paris is probably one of the best walking cities in the entire world. Um, Let's, let's put ourselves in like a new Paris shoe for a second. Um, what are some of those kinds of uh, routes or places you'd recommend to listeners or readers? Because I, you know, I, in, in looking through your book, I definitely see a whole mix of, you know, the super timeless because that, you know, that's really important to include, but also things that are fresher and um, progressive and exciting and maybe reflect the kinds of institutions you prefer to go to. Yeah, I think there's one that's uh, Bouchamo and Parc de Belleville, which is naturally you don't really think about Paris having perspective and dimensions, but um, Bouchamo is a really wonderful, gorgeous park. It has lots of rolling hills. It feels kind of Disneyfied in its own way, <laughs> but in, in, in the best French way and just wonderful views of the city. Also, it's a very uh, melting pot of a neighborhood as well. So you have um, a Chinese population, you have pretty much everybody under the sun and also lots of really amazing views and new up-and-comers as well. So it's it's very dynamic. Otherwise, I mean, uh, there's a Canal Saint-Martin walk and I recommend taking that all the way up to Pantin as well. My God, Pantin's got to be the next... I don't know what. Uh, well, the next Montreuil or the next, yeah. you know, whatever. But it's uh, there's a lot happening. So that's that's good that you have that continuation. It's And besides, Pantin's going to be part of Greater Paris, or it's of considered course. Greater Paris already. So, mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm. need to go beyond the 20 arrondissements. So that's pretty exciting. I mean, you really had, uh, I imagine, you had to whittle down your list, I'm sure, in terms of the highlights you chose. It was very difficult. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, like throwing darts, if that's an expression. I don't know. It, was, <laughs> it was really just a lot of compromise and deep discussions and really thinking about, is this interesting? Is this timeless? Is this too timely? So it wasn't about capturing Paris as, you know, this timepiece either. It really was finding that the right dynamic between what we like to do. And... Is there anything you discovered or rediscovered about Paris during this process of, of producing the book? And, and was there anything that dis- surprised you? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, just from a cartographer, <laughs> if I can call myself that, uh, just really understanding the streets and how everything connects and seeing um, just the city planning. I learned a lot about Osman as well. And I know you did just an episode about Osmanian architecture, but really understanding how the, the city is structured in a visual way was, was really interesting. Um, and what do you think, um, like what are some of the, the walks that you think are the most sort of naturally taken by tourists when they come? I mean, we tend to, you tend to go by certain neighborhoods and there's always a flurry of people sort of in a, almost in a, in a walk that they don't even know they're actually taking, you know, they're just sort of ambling along and it works. Is there, is there something you think is there one of the more timeless walks that you think is just, you know, by far the must because it gives you some sort of, you know, uh, working foundation of the city if you've never been. Yeah. I'd say the, the Murray walk is really interesting. It's definitely a very dense neighborhood. So there are lots of little pockets of uh, secret gardens and hotel particulier and, and all this, lots of cultural tidbits as well. It's the old Jewish quarter. So it's just a jumping off point to start your day in Paris and, you know, all the places on the, the walks aren't entirely mandatory. It really is just a way to reconnect with a, a Parisian rhythm to take pleasure in what you're doing and just take time to discover. And where were you 
doing these illustrations? Would you do them only in your office? Were you doing them sometimes outside? Um, I usually took uh, photos on the walks to... Oh, interesting. And then I worked on them um, in my, my studio. But the thing with watercolors, it has to stay horizontal. It's not really... Right. You can't really travel with that. I've tried drawing on spot, which I can do, but it's... Um, your arms are very sore at the end of the day. So it's logistically a little bit complicated. But, you know, one day I love to buy a little folding stool and just be one of those Louvre. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> one of those painters who sits yeah. outside in an iconic spot all day and mm-hmm. watches people. Or recreates the Mona Lisa. <laughs> I think you could do something more interesting than that. Um, the book, as you mentioned, has a lot to offer beyond just sort of cultural sites. Um, so you recommend things to eat and drink and, and see beyond the obvious uh, throughout a given walk. So where do you personally like to go, you know, if you're taking a leisurely jaunt around town and, you know, obviously time permitting because we don't all have that much time despite That's this true. being our backyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where do you like to go? You know, I, I'm really drawn to nature and I find it's, it's an important part of my life just to remain sane. So it's not in the book, but I go to the Bois de Vincennes quite a bit. So I take an hour walk there every day cause it's close to my house. And, um, otherwise, I mean, my husband and I like to walk around the Marais quite a bit. We can grab a bite and then go to, you know, a vernissage and opening. So it really depends on the day. It depends, um, if there's a jumping off point and then leads to other exploration. I love Palais Royale too. That's Me too. definitely my, one of my favorite spots. I just feel like that neighborhood has some very timeless Parisian charm about it. It really does. And also despite it being in like the nucleus of Paris mm-hmm. and, and it being very frenetic around the gardens, it's so peaceful. It's very peaceful. And in August when no one's here, it's even better. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. That's sort of like my my magic spot. Yeah, that's that's what we do every Saturday. We walk through there. And do then we you? Get Japanese food on Rue Saint-Tan and then maybe walk through the Marais. So. so that's a really special weekly rendezvous that you have. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah. It's funny. Pe- 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 locals end up developing, you know, the, the, the little habits, but it's, I think it's amusing when people go, not amusing, but I think it's special when people go a little bit further than where they live. I have a tendency to stay in my little perimeter <laughs> in the 11th and then go over to the to the North Marais and everything but um, there's really something special everywhere and my husband now does the invaders you know flash invaders oh, okay. uh-huh. which has forced him out to look at the city in a new way and so maybe that's you know what I have to do I have to start playing a game I don't know um, <laughs> you were just on book tour in the states what was some of the feedback you were getting from from people that you met along the way? I mean, I'm sure, like you said, people lose their minds. But was there anything that really touched you in the in the reaction? You know, I mean, it's it's such an intense process writing a book, and there's so much that goes into it emotionally and physically, and, you know, it's it's really a lot to, to check your expectations ahead of time, too, and say, like, you know, I've done the best I can, and from now on, I'm just going to go along for the ride. But I was blown away. I did a launch of it at Rizzoli bookstore on the, mm-hmm. the pub date and people showed up. I never expected. I mean, people from all phases of my life, people I met in Paris, people I know through Instagram. It was really just moving to have everyone there to share, excuse me, <clears throat> share my experience about, about Paris. I did quite a few round tables as well. And people are really intrigued about what it's really like to live here and not just the cliche stuff, but the, the real myth busting, I would say. And it really takes you beyond the scope of your book, which is kind of fun too, to get to talk about the things that, you know, it's almost like a a, a little bit of a break for you since you've been so book focused and you're so now well versed in this particular topic. But 
people also want to know so much more. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, becoming a spokesperson for your city too, which right, is right. very emotional. And sometimes I feel like I'm not worthy, but I can just speak of my own experience. But it's... That's all we can do, really. Yeah, that's all we can do. Um, and will you be doing other events for the book or around the book or, you know, like what's next? Well, I, I did a collaboration with Bone Shaker Donuts. I don't know if you've yeah, seen the shop yet, yeah. but I did some large scale illustrations that are in the window and we did a specialty donut and the windows I think will be up until the end of May. So if you're in Fabulous. town, they're selling books there too. So great. Everybody might you do, hear that. I might do a, a mini signing there at some point in the next couple of weeks. And I'm doing a summer intensive course at the Paris College of Art, a course called Experimental Drawing. And it's really about using Paris as your your canvas in many different ways. So there's still spots available if you're interested. And also I'm giving a watercolor masterclass at La Cuisine Paris on June 24th. So if you're interested Fabulous. about learning, it's for, for all levels, all, all um, capabilities. So I'll walk everyone through my process and give little mini challenges and tips and lots of different things to, to get you drawing like a pro. And how long is that masterclass? Is it's it a two hours, hours long. Two hours. Okay, great. I mean, this is sort of, you could keep doing events forever. I mean, this is the thing about Paris is you could show up five years later in the middle of nowhere and there will be Paris fans. I think that's what's so special about Paris. And, and now you've, you're seeing it in a whole new light. And I think it's, there's something really special about that. And I feel like I'm, I'm so excited to be able to share that with you too, because now it's like we have this sisterhood. Of yeah, no, but books. <laughs> well, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's really, um, unlike, I mean, I imagine there are other topics and other cities that really unite people. Obviously you mentioned the region of Tuscany. Um, <laughs> I can't speak to that personally, but, um, you know, there is something really emotional. I, I guess it is like a weight you have to carry uh, in, in some ways. Like you said, it's emotionally a, it's not a, it's not a burden in any way, but it is, it is an emotional thing to, to now be, you know, you're now the author of this book and you've For sure. put your heart into it. And, but people, I think people are, are, are really responding to it and I'm excited to see what you do next. And these, co- these courses, masterclasses that sound like a, a great next step for people who want to actually create art Yes, in Paris. yes, yes. Um, where do you update, you know, your, your followers and your readers as to where you'll be? Where is the best place to follow you? Uh, I, I'd say I'm most active on Instagram. So my handle is Jesse Canales Weiner. I'll put that in the show notes okay. so you have the link. And I do have a blog called thefrancofly.com. Uh, I've been a little bit negligent. You had a book come out, it's fine. But I have plenty of ideas. (laughs) So I share a lot about living in France and um, more about my creative process and starting out as an artist, those kinds of things. So if you ever have any ideas for posts, feel free to send me an email. And I also have a website and, um, you know, I'm on all all the, the channels. All the channels. And when you're not in Paris, are you traveling around France? I, I, I feel like I see you sometimes in Nice. Yes, my in-laws live in Nice. I'm actually going there on Thursday, so I go at least four or five times a year. So I know it pretty well. Nice and stride. Yeah. Nice and stride. I don't, <laughs> no. It doesn't have the same ring, does <laughs> no, it? No, it doesn't. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> but uh, my husband's a, an architecture and landscape photographer, so if I'm lucky, I can tag along with him to all the amazing spots in France, but I know France really well now. So the only region I don't know is, um, the Southwest. Oh, sounds like you have, uh, some sort of a, an artistic exploration to, 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 to take you traveling around the, around the Southwest. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful region. Um, go to Basque country. I mean, I just think it's, there's something really unique. It almost doesn't feel like France, Mm -hmm. which 
they would agree. I think the Basque <laughs> would agree. Um, so just just to recap, um, where else have your work? Where has your work been featured? Um, because you know, obviously, we're in the sort of peak of book release, um, but you do work for other individual clients. Uh, can do you have an Etsy shop? I do have an Etsy shop, yes. Okay. And I plan on releasing some limited edition prints, uh, artist prints, numbered artist prints from images from the book. So I've been oh, getting fabulous. a lot of interest about that. So hopefully those will be up and running in the next week or two. Okay. So you have a lot actually on your plate. Do you yes. know what's next besides the actual courses? I mean, do you have an, another book in mind? Do you have other... Like, what's next for Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I'm a freelancer, so it's always about just keeping the wheel turning and keeping it up. So uh, there is another book on the horizon. It might be in the same vein as the the Paris and Stride, so that's to be determined. Um, I don't know. I just want to keep developing my client list and just uh, continue doing what I do. So, And Paris is the backdrop for that. It is. Well, Jesse, Paris and Stride is stunning. It's practical, it's giftable, it's beautiful, it's all the things that you want in a Paris book. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And it's, my pleasure. it's been a pleasure to have you here. Everybody, make sure you're following Jesse Kenelos Weiner on Instagram. Again, all of those details will be in the show notes as well as the information related to her masterclasses and where she'll be teaching in the next couple of months. Uh, and until next time, you can catch all the former episodes of this show on iTunes, World Radio Paris, SoundCloud, and wherever you're streaming podcasts, really. Uh, and if you'd like to connect on Twitter, you can find me at New Paris Podcast or on Instagram at Lost in Cheeseland. A bientôt.